We want to thank you today for joining us at Truth Chapel's podcast. I pray this word would bring you life. I pray that it would edify you, encourage you, and enlighten you. If you have a moment, please subscribe and leave us a review. We will be so grateful. God bless, and let this word speak to your heart today. I, I want to turn your attention very quickly to the book of John, chapter 12. And I, I don't need you to go very far today because I believe the Holy Ghost is going to help us here in just a few moments. If you have a child ages three to five, our three to five-year-olds can be dismissed. They have a class prepared for them today. If you have a child ages three to five, you would like them to go to class, they can go very quickly. The book of John chapter 12, beginning in verse one, when you have it, just say, I got it. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary, a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his, his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then Jesus, then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying has she kept this. Now, if you go to the book of Luke chapter 7 and begin around verse 40, we see the same moment happening. But we see in the book of Luke chapter 7 around verse 40 that after this happened, Jesus would say to Peter, and Jesus said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say to thee. And he said, Master, say on. He said, there was a creditor which had two debtors, one owed 50, 100, one owed 500 pence, and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one of them will love him most? And Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged and he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into this house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with all thou didst not anoint. But this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. This morning, for just a few moments, I want to preach to you wasted worship. Wasted worship. Can we pray together right now? Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what we feel in this moment. Your presence is tangible. You are in this room. And Lord, I believe you're in this room to break every chain. 
I believe you're in this room today to set at liberty those that are captive. I believe today that your presence is here right now to touch the brokenhearted and to mend the wounded. And I pray right now that your word will go forth and do its work. Touch me today, Lord, that I can hide in the shadow of the cross and you can use me as your instrument. I pray, Lord, today that you would touch our minds and our hearts to not only be hearers of this word, but be doers of this word also. And I'll be so careful to give you praise and glory. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Would you lift your voice? And would you give him a shout? of worship in this room. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about wasted worship. The Bible tells us in this story, we know the story very well. If you've been in church for any amount of time, you know this story. But if you've never heard this story before, let me uh, bring you into the construct that we find ourselves in this morning. There is a woman. Her name is Mary. Mary has been forgiven of many sins. If you follow the story of this woman, you know that Mary has been caught. You know, everybody uh, sins and comes short of the glory of God. Can I get two amens on that? But it's a different thing to be caught. Amen? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> yes, because it's an it's, it's a understanding of We've all come short of the glory of God, but it's another thing when, when God puts your whole story on blast. This woman was caught. The Bible says that she was caught in the act, red-handed. Got the video. We got you. And they brought her to Jesus, and when they brought her to Jesus, they brought her with stones. They, uh, they came to kill her. Uh, they came to uh, test Jesus if Jesus was going to do anything about this woman's sin. But Jesus just stooped down. The Bible says he stooped down and began to write on the floor of the temple. And we don't really know what he wrote. All we know it was the word of God. And the word of God will always expose what you got going on in your life. Amen. I don't know what he wrote. I just know he wrote a word. And a word from God is enough. And as he wrote the word, the word convicted them. When he lifted up his head, they were all gone. And he said to Mary, he said, woman, where art thou accusers? And she said, I don't even know. They gone. I have no accuser. It's just me and you, Jesus. And Jesus told her, he said, I want you to go and I want you to sin no more. Well, when he released this woman, when he did this mighty act for her, this act of mercy, this act of grace, and this act of kindness, this, this thing that he did for her, it, it put her in a different place completely mentally. The Bible says that things begin to happen to, for her. Uh, doors begin to open for her. We meet her again in the New Testament. And by the time we meet her again, she's doing a work for the Lord. She's working in the kingdom. She's serving in the kingdom. Amen. Isn't it good that not only when God touches you and forgives you of your sins and extends to you grace and mercy that is just not for that moment, but there is a redemptive lift that happens in your life that God begins to lift you out of what you're in into what he wants you to do. Somebody said amen. I come to tell somebody that God didn't save you today for you to just stay where you're at, but he saved you because he wanted to lift you out of what you're doing into what he wants you to do. Somebody said amen in the house. 
I feel good in my spirit this morning. I'm, I'm going to preach a little bit today if that's okay with you. All right, good. Thank all 17 of you. For the rest of you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go shortly. The Bible says that uh, there's this moment and they come into the house and the Bible is clear to us that they're coming into a house. If you read this uh, story in different versions, you'll see that this is a Pharisee. There is a single Pharisee who has asked Jesus to come and meet at his house. One Pharisee, the Bible calls it the Pharisee's house in Luke 7. And the Pharisee, well, in, in Luke chapter 7, the, the Bible says that the Pharisee would wonder when Mary came and, and broke the alabaster box on Jesus' feet and begin to wash his feet with oil and wipe it with her hair and wipe it with her tears. The Bible says that the Pharisee wondered if this man was a prophet, he would know that the woman that's touching him right now is a sinner. If he was a prophet, he would have known uh, this is uh, Luke chapter 7. If you want to look it up, it's in verse 39. And now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. My, 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 my. She's a sinner. Not that she used to be, but she is right now. Ain't it just like religious folks to hold you where God released you from? Say it one more time. We want to hold people where God released them from. The Bible told her, the Bible says that Jesus told her to go and sin no more. But now this Pharisee is saying she is a sinner. What God has released her from, the Pharisee is trying to hold her to it. Amen. We got to let people go, church. I know what you used to be, but I'm not going to call you by what you used to be. I'm going to call you by what God made you to be. Somebody said amen in the house. Yeah, we got to let people go. His name ain't Jacob. His name is Israel. Because God changed his name. And we got to call him by who God says he is, not by who we think he is. Somebody said amen. Yeah, his name is Bartimaeus. We keep calling him blind Bartimaeus, but he ain't blind. The Bible says God healed him of his blindness. He's just Bartimaeus now. We keep calling her the woman with the issue of blood, but God healed that issue. She's just the woman. Oh, come on, somebody. We keep calling him the leprous man, but he used to be leprous. He's just the man now. God took that leprosy from him. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, God changes people. And the Bible tells us that this woman has been changed. She's been changed by Jesus. She, her whole life is different now. When, when she comes into that place and, and she pours out, her worship on him. That's what she's doing. She's pouring out worship on him. And, and the Bible says that she broke the box. She didn't open it and let it fall out, let the contents fall out in the manner in which she wanted it to fall out. But she broke the box, an uncontrollable outpouring of worship. Amen. Some of us need to break the box today. We keep cracking the top and letting out just enough so that we don't get embarrassed. We let out just enough so our neighbor don't talk about us. 
We let out just enough so we can get by and say that we did something in the house of the Lord today. But I wish there was somebody that would break the box today and say, Lord, I pour out myself on you, and I don't care what the contents look like when they come out. God didn't come in here today seeking a church that would worship him on the construct of a valve that we open it and close it. Open it and close it. I open it on Sunday, but I close it on Monday. I open it during the singing, but I close it during the preaching. I open it when things are good, and I close it when things are bad. I open it when everything's looking right, and I close it when everything's looking wrong. But somebody got to break the box and say, Lord, I worship you no matter what. I pour out my love on you. I pour out my I pour out my ointment on you. I pour out my worship on you. Yeah. She poured it out. She poured it out. She poured it on him. Not only had she been taken from many things. Listen, this woman had so much to praise God for. God had took her out of sin. Took her out of shame. Took her out of bondage. That, that, that was enough. But sitting next to Jesus at the table was a man named Lazarus. Lazarus is Mary's brother. Lazarus was dead. Lazarus used to be dead. Not only did he die, but on the third day of his death, they, they, they wrapped him up and they put him in a tomb and they rolled a stone in front of him. He was dead dead. All the way dead. 100% dead. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200 dead. The Bible says Jesus showed up and started crying because his friend was dead. Somebody said, why did Jesus weep? Because his friend was dead. He came in, he wept, and then he said, you know what? Roll the stone away. It was Mary that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, if you would have only been on time, Jesus, if you would have only been on time, this, this thing could have worked out. If you'd have only showed up when I wanted you to show up. But ain't, ain't you glad that God don't work on your clock? Ain't you glad that God's not confined to your calendar, your time frame? Jesus said, roll the stone away. They said, oh, Lord, we can't do that. He stinketh. It's too far gone. That's what they said. He's stinking. You know what, he, what they were trying to say? They were trying to say, it's too far gone. It's too late. Don't even try now. I want to preach to somebody in this house. I don't care how long it's been dead in your life. It ain't been long. It ain't been dead so long that God can't speak to it. Lord, it's too late. It's not too late for him. It may be too late for the doctor, but it ain't too late for Jesus. It may be too late for the banker, but it ain't too late for Jesus. It may be too late for the lawyer, but it ain't too late for Jesus. It may be too late for you, but it ain't too late for him. It may be too late for us, but it ain't too late for him. They said, it's too late. He said, roll the stone away anyway. Roll it away. And they said, Lazarus, come forth. Yeah. 
And that dead man who was now risen back to life is sitting beside Jesus in the Pharisee's house. So when Mary comes in, she's been brought out of sin and the dead thing in her life has been risen back. She has so much to praise him for and she pours out her worship on him. You raised up my dead brother. You took me out of sin. I got so much to give you. I got so much to worship you for. I got so much to pour out on you. God, you've done so much for me. I cannot tell it all. You know what? Sometimes there's a praise in somebody because you really know what God did for you and you just can't hold it anymore. You just can't keep it to yourself. You really know what God brought you out of and you can't just keep it quiet. This ain't a quiet church. The reason it's not a quiet church is because we've been through some stuff. There was some stuff that was dead. There was some stuff that was too late. There was some stuff that was out of our control. But God, but God, but God, but it was too late, but God. We were lost in sin. We were broken and undone. They had given up on us, turned their backs on us. But God, in a moment, in a word. Hey. Yeah. God. She comes in. She's got so much. She pours it all out on him. She can't control it. It's just uncontrollable worship. And they say, this is a waste. Judas has a spirit on him. He said, why? Wait a minute. Why, why did we pour this out on you? This is just a waste. This is too much. It's a waste. We got to be careful calling waste what God calls worship. We got to be careful calling waste what God considers worship. They, they thought this is just a waste. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. This is just a waste because there's nothing she can do. She's just a sinner anyway, and this is just a waste. We could have used this to do something productive. We could have used, hear what they said. We could have used this. We could have used this and gave it to the poor. But the Bible said he wasn't really worried about the poor. He was a thief. So don't, don't let the spirit of a thief slide into the church. Here's what we know. It was, God, it, it, it was God's and there wasn't no way he could steal it anyway. You can't, you can't steal my worship. You can't, you can't take what I have. But, but we, we, every weekend we steal worship from the Lord and we give it to other things. Can I, can I be cliche? Will y'all let me be cliche for a minute? I'm just going to be straight up church. I'm going to be atypical church cliche for just a moment. And y'all can get mad at me later. But there was a lot of wasted worship yesterday. 
People wasted their worship. They wasted it on them bulldogs. They wasted it on them buckeyes. They wasted it on them roll tides. They wasted it. They just wasted it. I told you I'm going to be cliche. They, they just gave it away to something that couldn't do nothing for them except give them bragging rights that you won or unfortunately you lost. Amen. God help Utah. God help Oregon. Lord help them Notre Dames, whatever you call them. Be with them today, Jesus. They got beat pretty bad. But all that, all that worship, all that worship, all that shouting, all that screaming, all that energy, just wasted. Wasted on something that can't give nothing back to you, can't help you, and can't save you. It just give you a little bragging rights, make you feel good inside. Absolutely. But it can't help you. That's the only time you'll waste worship is when you worship stuff that can't save you. You see, Judas had a problem with worship. Judas would rather worship the value of the oil than worship who the oil was being spent on. Judas would rather worship what it could do than worship what it was doing. That's why me and you can never put a price on worship. We can never put a value on worship because you don't know the cost of my oil. You don't know what I went through to get this kind of praise. You don't know what I've been through to get this kind of worship. I didn't worship God like this because somebody made me, because somebody told me. You just don't know what I've been through. You don't know what the devil tried to kill me, but God stepped in on time, and you just don't know the cost. You don't know the cost of my oil. You don't know what I went through to get this. This praise come with a price. This praise came with a price. This praise came with a price. I'm not wasting my worship today. I know you may look around and say, these folks are crazy, but this ain't wasted worship today. We're not doing this for no kind of show. We're not doing this for no kind of scene. This praise cost us. This praise came with a price. I got this praise in the valley. I got this praise in the wounded times. I got this praise in my brokenness. I got this praise in my loss. I got this praise when the doctor said there's no hope. I got this praise when the drugs tried to kill me. I got this praise when my family turned their back home. I got this praise. There's some folks in this room, the praise you got in you, it came with the cost. Your praise came with the price. You got your praise on a hospital bed. You got your praise when God took you off alcohol. You got this praise when God took you out of drugs. You got this praise. This is not wasted worship. This worship, this worship, this worship is worth it. Hey, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and know he done for me, my soul can't help but cry out, hallelujah, hallelujah, I cannot stay silent.
He kept me when nothing could keep me. He saved me when nothing could save me. He brought me out. He found me in my foolishness and he still saved me. He found me in my brokenness and he still, this worship comes with a cost. Somebody ought to shout right now because you know this praise comes with a price. You don't know the cost. You don't know what I went through to get this. You don't know about my praise. This isn't wasted worship. This isn't wasted worship. This isn't wasted worship. And there's some folks sitting in this room this morning. You've been going through. You've been facing devils on every hand. He's been trying to get you to quit. He's been trying to get you to throw in the towel. He's been trying to get you to walk out. He's been trying to get you to stop. But I came with the word for you today. If you don't know what to do, let me tell you what to do. You ought to just worship. You ought to worship God. You ought to just lift your voice. You ought to lift your hands. Because your worship will not be wasted. Your worship is not wasted in this house today. You've never wasted a worship. You've never wasted a praise. You've never wasted a worship. Somebody, somebody might say today, Pastor, we don't need all this. And listen, if, if you come to Truth Chapel for a while, you know that this isn't an every time for uh, this isn't an every sir. We always just doing this. No, no, no. But I felt in my Holy Ghost this week because I've been in pain this week, and it's it's weird to me that when I'm in pain, God speaks to me the most because He said, "In your weakness, I'm strong." And I just felt like somebody needed a word this week. You needed a word of encouragement. You needed a word of uplifting. You needed to know that you ain't never wasted no praise on him. You ain't never wasted no worship on him. You've never wasted oil. You've never wasted oil. Every word of worship is worth it. Every praise is worth it. Every shout is worth it. Every dance is worth it. Somebody break the box today. Break the box today. Break the box today and pour it out. 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 I dare you right now just to lift both your hands and just begin to worship the Lord. Come on, I pray a spirit of worship would hit this house. I pray a spirit of worship would hit you. I know you've been through some stuff, but you ought to worship. I know you're going through some pain, but you ought to worship. I know the cost of your oil is valuable, but if you pour it on him, it will never be wasted. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I pour my love on you. I pour my love on you. The song said, if praise is like perfume, I lavish mine on you till every drop is gone. I pour my love like all upon your feet. Like wine for you to drink. Like water from my heart. Pour my love on you. Praise is like perfume. I lavish my praise on you. I pour my love. Somebody do that right now. Pour your love on him. Pour your love on him. It's not wasted. It's not wasted. Like water upon your feet. Like wine for you to drink. Like water from my heart. I pour my love on you. If praise is like perfume, I lavish mine on you till every drop is gone. I pour my love. Right where you are, lift your hands and pour it on it. Come on, your worship is not wasted in this house today. There's some of you in this house today, you know exactly what God has forgiven you of. You know exactly what God has brought you through. And you know what he's bringing you through. And you ought to just fall on your feet. You ought to fall on your knees. You ought to lift your voice. And you ought to pour it out on him. Like all upon your feet. Like wine for you to drink. Like water from my heart, I pour my love on you. If praise is like perfume, I lavish mine on you till every drop is gone. I pour my love like all upon your feet. Wine for you to drink, like water from my heart. I pour my love on you. If praise is like perfume, I lavish my praise on you till every drop is gone. Come on, do it, do it right now, do it right now. Pour it out, pour it out. Like all upon your feet, like wine for you to drink. Come on, I know you're going through some things, but you ought to just worship today. You ought to worship today because your worship is not wasted. Your worship is not wasted. You're not wasting your time. You're not wasting your breath. You're not wasting your energy. You're not wasting yourself. But it's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. Come on, pour it out, pour it out. 
pour my love on you. If praise is like perfume, I'll lavish mine on you till every drop is gone. I pour my love. I want to help somebody. I want to help somebody today before, before we close this service out. I want to help you. She was a sinner. Her pedigree, her pedigree was awful. What, what she had done in her life and what she had done in her past to us may have kept her out. What, what her life was before Jesus, it was not pretty. It was, it was not glamorous. What she was before Jesus was awful. But when she came into that room that day to pour her worship on him, she was not coming because of who she was. She was coming that day because of who he was. What she had done could not stop her. What they did could not stop her because she was there that day not because she was worthy. She was there that day because he was worthy. And I want to help somebody today because I can see on some faces and I can see in some hearts you, you really can't be free to worship today because you are still living in the spirit of condemnation that somehow what you have done somehow what you have said somehow your actions has somehow precluded you or excluded you from God's presence and your ability to worship him but I need to help you today and I need to tell you you think of yourself too highly The spirit that says, I can't worship God because of what I've done is a selfish spirit. The Bible calls it the spirit of condemnation. It's a spirit that says, my actions are greater than God's forgiveness. My stuff is better than God's worthiness. What Mary did that day is she poured out what she had kept. The oil in that box represented her. It represented her life. It represented what she had saved. It was 300 pence worth of oil. It was valuable. It was her stuff. Every drop of oil in that canister that day represented every deed that she had done to gain that oil. All of her stuff was in that box. All of her shame was in that box. All of her condemnation was in that box.
when she, when she looked at that box, all she could see was every dark, dirty deed that she had done to gain such wealth. What should have been aroma to fill her house was just reminder of all of her deeds. What should have been value to pay her out of debt was just a reminder of the evil she had done. So that day, when she broke that box on his feet, it was not just oil. It was not just aroma. She poured all of her darkness into his light. She poured out all of her junk on him. And watch this. When she poured out all of her deeds on him, he called that worship. What are you saying today? I'm saying that we can run aisles for the next 30 minutes. We can shout, jump, flop like a fish. We can do all that. But if you don't pour out everything you've done on him, you just exercised. You just got some stars on your Fitbit. That's all you've done. But if you really want to worship him today, if you really want to worship him today, what you do is you lift your hands in spite of what you've done. What you do is you push past your issues and you focus on him. And when you do that, you pour out all of you on him. If you poured it out on me, it may be too heavy for me. If you poured it out on your neighbor, it may be too heavy for your neighbor. But when you pour it out on him, he says, that's worship. That's worship. When you pour out. And listen, somebody today needs to break that box open. You need to break that box open and say, Lord, here I am. Here's all my deeds. Here's all my brokenness. Here's every wound I have. Here's every, here's every pain. Here's every moment of suffering. And when you pour it out on him, he says, oh, look at the worship. When you wash his feet with your tears. I wonder today if somebody would just for a moment lift your hands and pour out yourself on him. Pour out every fear you have. Don't let your deeds silence you today don't be so selfish to think that God couldn't receive your worship because of something you did last week don't be so selfish to think that God my my failures can stop your greatness my weakness can stop your power don't be so selfish to think that. Pour it out on him today. Lord, I pour out myself. I break open the box of my life. And I pour out every pain. I pour out every worry. I pour out every fear. I pour it out on you, Lord. 
pour it. I pour it all my condemnation at your feet. I pour it all my brokenness at your feet. Every fear that I have, every anxiety that's in my heart, every spirit of depression that keeps me up at night, I pour it out on you today, Lord. I pour it out on your feet. Come on, that's it. I pour it out on you, Lord. Come on, from the front to the back for just a few more moments. We want to thank you again for joining us on the Truth Chapel podcast. May you have a blessed day and walk in the favor of the Lord.